With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Empire. Triple Play Fantasy's football show with D. Mindy, Brass Dadamis, Doc, and Johnny Foosball starts now. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome in to another episode of the Triple Play Fantasy Football Show. We are a proud member of Empire Media and the Empire Media Podcast Network. D. Mendy here, joined as always by Johnny Foosball, John Van Etten. John, I missed out on the legendary Diamondback pineapple pizza. I got to know, was it a smash or was it a pass? Because by the time I got there, it was gone. David, I'm not going to stoop to that weird dichotomy you got there. It was a great pizza. It was one of the best pineapple pizza I've ever had. Oh, so you're just teasing me now. I totally missed out on it. Now, who knows when they're bringing it back, but... They're uh, not. They're, they're not. They're not. <laughs> One, day oh, only. God. One day only. Oh, goodness, man. I missed out. Well, the normal crew, Doc is at a Nats game and he backed out. So uh, good riddance. We don't need him. The Bradster Domus will be in and out. His Wi-Fi is all over the place. But you know how we do. We fill in with even better people than our original cast here. And I got to start that off, of course, with the man at the bottom right of your screen there. Uh, we welcome in a man. If you say he's wrong, he'll respond with, Am I right? Am I right? A contributor <laughs> to four for four football, the game day and Rota baller. This man north of the border talks sports on the fantasy Jones podcast, where it's anything in just keeping up with the Joneses. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome this man. Give him a big eh, eh, eh. There we go. For the FSWA and IBWAA member and a fan of the pod, Frank Amarante. How's it going, man? How's it going? Feeling good. Uh, honored to be on the show. Hey, we're pumped to have you, man. You know your stuff. Like we were talking about prior to the show, you do fantasy football and baseball like myself. I know it's a juggling act. Uh, how do you find the time to do both? Because speaking firsthand, I, it's just absolutely crazy. Yeah, it's definitely tough. I'd say I guess the way I balance it is that in certain moments of the year, I'm more heavy on football. And then sort like right now, I'm starting to it's harder to write in season fantasy baseball, I find, other than D- other than DFS. So right now I'm mm-hmm. pumping out like, uh, you know, players I like in fantasy football. So it's more I'm starting to move into football a little more. So that's sort of a way that I could balance it. I don't go like heavy on both at the same time. It's tough to do so. No, it really is. And I guess why I give you so much credit for for doing what that you do. And um it's a grind for sure. But speaking of grinds, I know somebody at the bottom left, right below me on my screen. I, I got to introduce this man too, because uh, his his own intro is it's something else too. We welcome in a man that likes to talk football on his terms. The chief editor and understander of football at the lateral, a goofy dude over at Rumboys, 
This man only knows one speed, and it's way faster than me. My Maryland man, who's going to help shape how you play fantasy football, but won't tell you what to do. It is Herbs in the house. What's going on? Oh, my God. That's me. That's Oh, don't check it out. I'm on a show. This is great. Yes. Oh, my God. Oh, this is going to be so much fun. Oh, jeez. So, oh, this is going to be wonderful. We're going to talk about sports. I like sports. We're, oh, man. Dude, this is great. Thank you so much for having me. <gasps> Yo, your energy, man. Your energy gets me every time, man. How do you sleep? I have to know. Do you sleep? Uh, I mean, during the week, I sleep a fairly irresponsible amount of time. But trust me, like... Friday into Saturday, I don't even set an alarm, bro. I <laughs> I'll wake up and I'll be like, oh, three o'clock, sick. <laughs> you know, you, you catch up on the weekends. That's what those are for. That's what they're for. So, I I think that answered the question. I don't know. No, I'm still assuming that you're a vampire, man. You seem like you always got the energy, the lighting. I don't know, man. It, it's it's finally fun to have you on a stream with us because uh, long admired all the stuff that you do as well. You and Frank both. Do great stuff all over the Twitterverse. So having two guys down on our show, we had to upgrade with you two. So we're really proud and honored to have you guys. Can you uh, tell us also before we get started what you do over at The Lateral? Oh, uh, redraft-focused uh, fantasy football stuff. Uh, we we use PPR as kind of just like our scoring in our heads whenever we talk about stuff. But, uh, but yeah, it's really cool. We talk about fantasy football, and then we do, like, we... I don't know, give advice and stuff. And sometimes it makes sense. Sometimes it doesn't make sense. But luckily, I have my partner, uh, Malcolm, at McLateral FF, to make me look smart. So check out <laughs> The Lateral Show. It's on uh, Google Podcasts and Spotify and, like, Anchor and, like, I, a bunch of different places. If you look for it, you'll find it. So, yeah, at The Lateral FF on Twitter. Woo. Oh, I love it. I love it. Well, pumped to have you guys on for a pack show. We have our AFC North preview. And if you watch Seinfeld, you know the triple play fantasy division previews are here and they're spectacular. And we're going through all eight divisions in the NFL, looking at fantasy relevant players for each division. Again, AFC North for this episode, looking at rising and falling stars, rookie impacts, players to keep a sharp eye on at the end of your drafts and much more. After we'll go to our question of the week, which John has not revealed to me. So he's the only one that knows it. So he'll tell us at that point in the show. And then our game of the week, of course, also revealed at the end of the show. It's one of John's favorite games that he does that uh, I'll be happy to see how well you guys do because I've learned a lot doing these games with him. So bunch of stuff. So if you guys are ready to get another episode started, then man, we're here to do it for you. Ready, John? I'm never ready. Let's do it! Yeah! so excited now holy <laughs> that's how we like to do it here uh so there's not a lot of news and notes we're at a very dry period like dry as like my phone in high school period when they were at this point in the off season <laughs> so 
I got to start off with one of the headline news here. That was Derek Carr having a rotating cast receivers as a Raiders second round pick in 2014, but he's looking to finally upgrade, adding in his four, former college teammate Devontae Adams in 2021, potentially. Carr said he's on board if he were to ever come his way, as quoted as saying, I've learned in the business you never shut the door on anything. I know that he's obviously the best receiver. Everyone said he's one of the best, if not the best receiver in the NFL. He's unbelievable. He's been one of my best friends since we were in college together. I love the guy. So, again, John, you're a Raiders fan. They both played college at Fresno State. Is there any chance that this happens if Rodgers doesn't go back to Green Bay? Sure. Why not, right? Like, what, what's there in Green Bay uh, if Rodgers isn't? Not Derek Carr. Not a best friend. You know, it's, it'll be like the movie Step Brothers. It'll just be a couple best friends. <laughs> Is Derek Carr that much of an upgrade over Jordan Love? I mean, David, no, <laughs> you guys can't go from saying Jordan Love isn't ready to play a single NFL game to then try and, and bring him to Derek Carr's level. who's not the best, but he had a fantastic year last year. He did. He, he was, I think, QB 13. So he's definitely a middle-tier quarterback right now, can get the job done. I'll be interested to see. I hadn't seen that he, uh, that news floated around until recently, so we'll see how that plays out. It's, uh, it's the opposite from the offseason news Derek Carr is used to hearing, which is that he's he's halfway out the door already in uh, Las Vegas. So it's, it's a little little change of pace. I like it. Um, let's talk. About, we we're talking about some positive news. Let's talk about some negative news. And that's Paxton Lynch, who every single time I see his name, uh, it's just an absolute negative, especially if you're a Broncos fan, I'm sure. He's going to the CFL. The uh, Saskatchewan Rough Riders announced they've added him. He's going to join the the QB room. I forgot who else, who is the other quarterback on that roster from the NFL. Does it matter? It doesn't really matter. Uh, It was only five years ago that he was selected as a first round pick number 26. Apparently the chiefs were trying to trade up to get him. So luckily the Broncos uh, bit the bullet on that one for us. (laughs) History would be so much different. Oh Oh my my God. God. Can you imagine? (laughs) Oh my God. Uh, But he's, he, he, let's see, he played in, Last year, he has actually hasn't played since 2018. His last year was in uh, was with the Broncos, but he was with the Seahawks and Steelers since then, had stints, but didn't play. Uh, Herms, do you have any lasting memories of Paxton Lynch? Does Paxton Lynch have any lasting memories of Paxton Lynch? <laughs> I, don't, I, think, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I just it, remember that sick mustache he had. Yeah, I mean, like that... <laughs> I guess, and uh, I thought it was kind of weird at the time that they decided to take him as high as they did. So, I mean, I don't know. Good good for him for finding a path in Canada, I guess. But, but uh, <laughs> you know, it. not every first-round pick is a winner. <laughs> like, you, you don't win them all. So just kudos and uh, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe he's following the Manziel path, doing the CFL, and then he's going to do the uh, – the video game or what is it? The people controlled league. Yeah. Like the inter, you know, they all vote on like what play to run. And then like, he, what, what yeah. isn't it? Like they, they have like a stool on the field and you just like pick the ball up off the stool or yeah. something. Like I remember seeing that and I was like, I'm here for it, but also what is happening? Like <laughs> I barely understood it, but Hey, you know, there are worse things to do with your time. That's very true. <laughs> I got to ask you, Frank, Demarius Thomas announces retirement. He didn't intend to retire, didn't play all last season, but now he announced he's hanging it up. He had a 10-year career, Broncos, Texans, Jets. 
He's the second most accomplished Denver receiver in terms of receiving yards and touchdown or receiving yards. And then his touchdown 60 rank only behind Rod Smith. Do you have any fond memories of Demarius Thomas? Did he help you win a fantasy league? Uh, he never helped me win a league, but it was always fun with, with Peyton Manning. You know, when he'd do those bubble screens and then Demarius oh, Thomas yeah. would take it to the house. He was just, he was a beast. And uh, to be honest, I didn't even know he was still in, like, I thought he had retired already. So it was a little caught me off guard in that sense yeah and i gotta bring up like in the comments from uh from our buddy here he, he's like yeah that tebow pass was legendary uh, oh yeah i think that's what everybody that's the Demarius Thomas <laughs> run after catch in my opinion i totally forgot <laughs> <laughs> it's still too soon it is still too soon <laughs> oh god no uh, that was I, such a good Steelers team Dude, you, I forgot who was on that team, but I remember you guys would have like you guys had legit a stack roster. Yeah, I remember. Yep, I. Uh, <laughs> it, it it it's it's okay, it's okay. I promise. But <laughs> I've gotten over it. But man, oh god, dude, that still haunts me occasionally. Not gonna lie. <laughs> Not gonna lie. You're happy to see Demarius Thomas gone. Tebow's back in the league though, so it's not the the nightmare isn't fully over yet. Uh, but I, I'm curious. John, I just want to ask you specifically, I know this wasn't in the news and notes. Did you see Brandon Jacobs is coming back or trying to come back as a defensive end? Three teams are interested. That so, former I, friend of the pod, Brandon Jacobs. We totally missed I, asking him that question of coming back as a D end. But uh, he's reported he's at the same playing weight he was, 260. So wow. that would be quite – he's 39 years old, though. So I don't know. That's, yeah, that's, that's uh, a little bit of a – I mean, that's only a few years older than Taysom Hill, so – Maybe he should go to the CFL. <laughs> you never know. He could. He said he's he said he's content coaching and doing what he's doing now. So if it doesn't work out, but it's pretty cool to see a running back try to turn a defensive end. But if you like hearing about defensive ends, make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button wherever you find your podcasts. If you want to hear more triple play, great news for you. We have a fantasy baseball and basketball show you can check out available anywhere you get your podcasts. And if you enjoy the content, Make sure you hook the boys up with a five-star rating and review. Support the show. Check us out on all our social media at Trip Play Fantasy. Our website, tripplayfantasy.com. You'll see tons of articles, podcasts. Of course, you can check out the YouTube page. We've got all our videos, mini YouTube series. John, didn't you guys just do like three movie minutes over there? Yeah, back to back to back, wearing the same shirt for all of them. It, we do address <laughs> it. There are some entertaining movie minutes. Did you guys decide if you're doing spoilers or not in the movie minutes? These, these, this batch does not have spoilers, so we'll see uh, how they do. Maybe them. the people lied in the interactive poll. Who knows? All right. Well, I'll, I'll definitely be checking them out then because uh, you guys have done some good movies so far. But all that great stuff over on the YouTube channel. But remember, if you're looking for a podcast that's equivalent to opening up an oyster with your bare hands and finding the world's biggest pearl, then taking that pearl to auction to buy you a yacht, of course, if the pearl is big enough, you got us. We're literally the same exact thing. We're a pearl that will buy you a yacht. So make sure you look no further than this podcast because I'm telling you, it just might change your life. And if you're watching the live version, of course, we're going to stick around. If you're on the audio version, we got to pay our bills. And we'll be jumping into the AFC North preview right after this quick break. All right. AFC North preview. Let's get this thing started. Let's get this thing hard hitting. Let's talk about these Steelers to start out here. Let's talk about the quarterback position in Big Ben Roethlisberger. QB 14 at about 18 and a half points per game. He was a low end QB one when they were undefeated. 
and then quickly became a low-end QB2 when they collapsed. Averaged a career-low 6.3 yards per attempt, which is actually worse than Drew Locke and Mitchell Trubisky last year. So, Herms, what are we doing with, with Big Ben? Is he a high upside QB2? Can he sneak back in the QB1 with all the weapons he has? How should we feel about him? I mean... He can't really be too much worse. <laughs> like, it's he's another year removed from that elbow surgery, so I would imagine that that will help potentially get some more zip back, you know, into him, into his arm. But like, how old is he at this point? I mean, he's pushing forty pretty hard. Yeah, like it's just I don't know. I don't really think of him all that differently than I did coming into last year, except for that little thing I said about like. Well, instead of, you know, the surgery being, you know, a few months ago, it was like a, a, a year, like well over a year ago now. So it's like, I don't know, like, eh. I mean, if you're playing in a two QB league, then like, yeah, you're going to want to take Ben Roethlisberger. But if you're playing in like a single QB league or something, then you'd better <laughs> hope that you have better options at your disposal. Because <laughs> <laughs> if, if it really gets down to it, if. You are desperate enough to the point where Ben Roethlisberger has to be like your every week starting quarterback. Then that league it either better be deep, <laughs> or you've really got to assess some things in your life because something has gone horribly wrong. It, but yeah, that's, that's if you have Big I'm Ben, at. it's if you have Big Ben, it's got to be because you're in a 32 team league and you got stuck with him. <laughs> well, that, yeah, it could be the case there too. Yeah, I mean, because I will say, though, depending on, like, I mean, if it really is, like, an excellent matchup, he has enough quality, high quality at that, weapons at his disposal. Like, yeah, sure, he could absolutely ball out in a given week. But aside from that, I don't know. He's like a, he's a, he's a bi-week filler if you need to. <laughs> but that's really about it. Deep leagues, like two QB only, is where I'd really like seriously consider Ben Roethlisberger. So, so if you're in a one quarterback league, the Steelers fans telling you to leave him on the curb because he's not going to help you much. But we've got some optimism in the comments. Late round value, maybe as a, a bench quarterback, if if you're two QB we talked about, or if you need somebody on a bye week. Uh, so there's that, I guess that optimism there, but shouldn't bank on it. Pretty much is what it sounds like. Just get yes. better options. It's been a while since we've been able to look at Ben Roethlisberger and be like, ah, yes, there's the guy I want, you know? It's, <laughs> and it, we know it's, the dude ain't running either. Oh, because no. yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, like you've seen that photo of him going around, just like all iced up and like the whole, like what I've seen oh, so yeah. many tweets where it's like that side by side with the Michelin man. And I'm just like, <laughs> that's golden. <laughs> that is golden. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. There, there are better things to do with your time. <laughs> than all right, well, let's. Let's talk about a guy that's that's just starting out his career in a sense, uh, but he's also kind of an enigma here. That's Baker Mayfield coming into, I believe, his third year now. Finished as QB 17 last year's under 16 points a game. There's a heavy commitment to the run game in Cleveland, so you know the pass attempts are probably not going to be there to push him up to elite quarterback territory. Um, right now he's going at QB 18 in drafts according to Fantasy Pro's consensus ADP. John... Same thing with Baker Mayfield, or is there some reason why you should sneak into the back end of QB1s? 
No, he's definitely a a bi-week stream, sort of stream filler kind of guy. You said it. They're going to run the ball. They have Chubb and Hunt. And, I mean, he's not really super consistent. People act like he had a better year almost than he did last year. I mean, he, at fantasy points, he had a game of, you know, 10 against Baltimore, 5 against Pittsburgh, 7 against Philadelphia and Las Vegas, 8 against the Jets. That's just not startable if you think your quarterback's going to get under 10 points. That's literally going to lose you games. I just – the consistency is not there. And the wide receivers are even still sort of a question mark. So playing Pittsburgh and Baltimore four times doesn't help either. So if your team's playing Maker, uh, Baker Mayfield, you'll probably be hearing this. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be the other team. I <laughs> think he's darting Baker Mayfield. So there we go. Then let's talk about another quarterback, another young gun that's going into his second year, had his first year drastically cut short. That's Joe Burrow. He was QB 25 on the full year, but his points per game, he was QB 15 if, for quarterbacks that played at least 10 games. So he went down with a torn ACL in week 10. He was QB 16 at that point behind Jared Goff and Teddy Bridgewater. The Bengals did improve their offensive line some. They could have been in a lot more, but they chose Jamar Chase at number five overall instead of taking a tackle. And they arguably have one of the best trios of wide receivers in the game and a rebuilding defense, so it could mean a lot of passing attempts yet again. Mobility could be a problem, Frank, as he's right now going QB12 off the board. Is that value right for him, high or lower? What do you think about Joe Burrow? Well, for me, I mean, looking at Joe Burrow, you know, first overall pick, stacked offense, filled with young talent. Last year, they averaged 40.3 passes per game when he was healthy. I mean, what's not to like, but call me risk-averse. I just can't buy in at this price. I'm just worried about the, him coming off the torn ACL. I mean, he tore it in, in week 11. It wasn't like it was early in the year. It was later in the season. I know there's there's been positive reports about his recovery, but I mean, isn't that usually what they always say about these mm -hmm. quarterbacks or anyone coming off a torn ACL? So to me, it's, it's a little bit tough to uh, stomach that price at quarterback 12 just because of that. I know we've seen like Carson Wentz when he came back from a torn ACL. The, his first year before the ACL, yeah, he finished as quarterback two. The second year, right off the ACL, he finished as quarterback 18. And then we saw, like, I know RG3 was bit, mostly based on his legs, but he, he it affected him severely as well. It just it worries me. And I think that uh, with the O-line concerns in Cincinnati, you know, they're going to maybe ease him in back to the uh, – ease his workload back in. They're, they won't air it out 40 times per game. I think they'll lean on Joe Mixon more, at least in the early stages of the year. And even though his weapons are great, I just can't I can't pay the quarterback 12 or 13 price on Burrow. Will he even have time to throw it to Chase? God, I'm so scared of that offensive line for him. He's he's gonna have problems, man. Uh and a good thing in the comments too. The whole Carson Wentz problem stemming from the offensive line and weapons, uh thinks Burrow will be just fine. So Frank, you have you have well, a contradictor there for you. Well, well, back then when you're saying about Carson Wentz's uh, problems were due to the offense, that was when that was the year after they won the Super Bowl, and it was when they were like, you know, Doug Peterson was riding high, he was killing it. So I would say it was, I think Wentz just coming off the injury was he had some rust and he just wasn't himself that next year. To on my from my perspective, but who knows? Maybe he was effective. Maybe that year. Doug Peterson uh, declined as an offensive play caller, but 
I'm just to go with Burrow. I'm concerned coming off the ACL. It might be that I'm being too risk averse here. I'm usually the type that takes a shot. It's just quarterback such a deep position. I'm not in on Burrow this year. All right, fair enough. I'll quickly talk about Lamar Jackson. He was QB 10 in 2020, around 22.79 points per game. He really turned it on, though, at the end of the year because from weeks 13 to 17, he was QB 2, only a point behind Josh Allen. And he's posted 21 or more fantasy points in 22 of 30 games during the stretch of pretty much since he's become a relevant starter. Uh, so he's he's had a lot of good quarterback games. The QB 1 numbers itself, 76.7 percentage of those games the only other quarterback who's posted higher than 64.8 percent of qb1 numbers is patrick mahomes in their career so lamar jackson who is the real lamar jackson if any of you feel strongly about it you can let me know i have him as qb3 right now um so qb3 qb4 is mostly where i've seen him do any of you have him anywhere that's not in that range I'm with you. I'm high on Lamar this year. You know, they upgraded the offense significantly, added a bunch of wide receivers. They're going to let him pass more. Totally on board with you with Lamar. And the added weapons, as uh, as JB Cho knows, adds the weapons there can only help. So then let's Love talk a QB about- who can scamper. That That's all that matters. The, look, the high floor you get from a QB who can move around. Uh, scamper, are you bringing back that word? I haven't heard that. that I say it yet. every time we talk about a mobile quarterback. They scam. I'm totally missing that. Then I totally, <laughs> I totally black out when you do that. <laughs> yeah, I like, I like the the adding the little running there too. Uh, let's talk about running backs. Let's talk about a man that's represented with a jersey right now. The only person whose jersey is right now on Triple Play Fantasy, and that's Najee Harris, represented by Herms over there. So you got Najee. You got Benny Snell. You got former UMD great Anthony McFarlane. And for those that don't know, Kalen Balash is on that roster too. They got a a great stable of running backs there. But I got to ask you, Herms, Najee Harris, 1,900 yards, 30 touchdowns from scrimmage last year, and the first running back taken in the draft. He's right now the 18th running back consensus off the board. I haven't seen him go that late in most of the drafts I've done so far, mostly going like in the early second round. Uh, where do you have Najee Harris? What should we expect from Najee Harris? Oh, okay. Uh, where I have him and what we should expect are two different things. Uh, <laughs> I am, I'm, I'm not going to say that I'm completely unbiased because I mean, obviously as the viewers can see, I have a lot invested in this. Uh, I have him as my RB five, but <laughs> Ooh, spicy. I'm just, Cause here's the thing, you know, and a lot is made of this. And I've talked about this on a few different shows at this point. Like, okay. Is the offensive line good? No. But is it nearly as bad as people say it is? Honestly, I don't think so. I truly don't think it's that bad. And then I remember it like the other day when David DeCastro got released. It was like, what are they doing? Are they trying to win? What are they even? And it's like, but dude, he's been a terrible run blocker over the last few years. Like he was like just going like all pro level and then just off a cliff. Just, you know, you know, we don't we don't need that anymore. That was perfect. Yeah, dude. Sound effects. What's up? Uh, but yeah, like, I don't know. I think like, you know, they, they, they brought in some dudes in the draft that I think are pretty good. You know, like there's some reason to be optimistic about the run blocking improving, especially because like, how could it possibly be worse? How could it possibly be wor- like, I don't know. 
the continuity that existed on the offensive line for the Pittsburgh Steelers was wonderful for a very long time. But you know what happens? We all get old. Everybody gets old and things stop being effective. So they were smart enough to be like, hey, let's inject some new life into this. But all that aside, whatever. Let's just say it is the worst offensive line for all intents and purposes. He's probably going to get like 300 touches. Who's taking work away from him? Are we, it's like, who's, look out for Kalen Blas this year. Like, no, no, come on. Like, nobody's worrying about this. Like, I think Benny Snell's a fine player. I think that Anthony McFarlane has some juice, but like, you don't spend your first round pick on a running back unless you're going to just completely rely on them in like all situations. And also the best part about it is that he's a really, really good pass catcher. Najee Harris, for all that's made out, you know, about like his size and his ability to just like ball over people. Homeboy's got hands, man. He's got hands. So, I mean, he could easily catch, I don't know, 50 some passes, do whatever. And then just like, it's going to be cool, man. It's going to be cool. The, you don't even have to be that efficient with your volume. If you get that much volume that like, I expect him to get in the Steelers offense. So like by virtue of that alone, the only thing stopping him from finishing is an RB one is injury. So there it is. Can you do your John Madden impression? Oh, uh, can I do a John Madden? <laughs> you literally like, have uh, it down. No, I think I could do the. Like, oh, no, 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 I don't know. That's the best <laughs> I got. But, yeah, just that's pretty just, good. Just act like you have a mouthful of mashed potatoes and just say Brett Favre. That's basically how you do the John Madden. Like, oh, no, Brett Favre. That's you literally, I was like, when you do like, like that, that, that just made me think of it. <laughs> that's Shout hilarious. Out voices. Woohoo! I, all I got from that is Najee Harris top five and then all those voices. I think I need to have you use instead of my soundboard. That's actually just fantastic. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about uh, another running back in this division. Let's talk about the Browns running back duo. We got Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. In standard scoring, Chubb was RB9, Hunt was RB10. In PPR, Hunt was RB10, and Chubb was RB11. So they would finish right next to each other in both formats. And there's no doubting that Chubb is a top two or three runner of the football in this league. But his lack of targets obviously caps him in PPR, which is John's favorite format. Hunt will get the catches, Yuck. but he never gets 20 <laughs> touches in a game. Yeah, John's anti-PPR. Uh, oh, so, <laughs> how, so, John, let's take the PPR aspect out of it because I don't want to to hurt your feelings. How are we going to judge these guys in this 2021 season? What are we going to do with them? I think Chubb's the more consistent uh, back and I think he's going to see more consistent work and there's nothing wrong with that somebody gets consistent touches even if they're not all pass catches I mean you forgot he was he was out for a little bit you know that's why he finished behind Kareem Hunt it's not because Kareem Hunt is the vastly superior running back I think he's a great you know RB2 flex sort of play who also doubles as a great handcuff if you can get him back to back it's not that bad of an idea I'm not gonna lie. I was watching Catfish, so I think that's why I forgot to look up all the like the injury notes because I was sucked into who who was gonna be the the person on the other end of that. Do you guys ever do you guys still watch that show? Because I don't want to feel like I'm Dude, the only one. Such a good show. Are you? Kidding? There we go. Yeah. Because it's one of those things where like I mean, 
it's been on long enough to the point where we've basically seen every episode, you know what I mean? Because, yeah. like, the, the twist, like, every now and then you get, like, a massive twist that comes out of left field. But for the most part, it's generally the same thing. It's just like, I don't know, I was insecure about the fact that I have no money or something. Wrong. You know, just like, th- there's, like, a very short list of excuses for the most part, but, like, never stops being amusing. Never oh. stops. I love that show. It's I, how, how are Max, people still but... getting catfished? <laughs> dude, have you seen it's... deep fakes? I mean, come on, dude. The internet's wild. You can do a lot of stuff with computers. No, it's true. And, and speaking of like the crazy stuff, uh, well, yeah. <laughs> um, the, have you did you guys? There was one that came at the end of last season where it was the mom of the girl. She used the girl's picture no, as the mom. It, it, was it was wild. It was, oh, it was wow. mind blowing. Oh, like, it was like I'm news of her daughter. It. it was, it was, it was crazy. So crazy. how, how much is your household bumping oh. up the viewership oh. of MTV on oh. a whole? Oh. <laughs> he had to turn, oh. his, he had to turn oh. his camera off. Oh, jeez, That's, that's mind boggling. Oh. <laughs> they need, they need therapy. That's just wow. Yeah, it, it's it's bad. Uh, going back to football, though. Yeah, I got to yeah. go back to, to Frank here. Uh, Sports. Let's 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 talk about the Cincinnati backfield. Joe Mixon, Samaji Pirine, Travion Williams. They have a six round draft pick who I heard got buzzed. And to be honest, I was too late to look up his name. Uh, so you might be able to fill me in on that. But Joe Mixon was RB 49 last year, obviously missed a ton of games, but he was RB nine in terms of points per game for those that played at well, least. David, if you take out that one good game he had, was he back to RB 49 pretty much? <laughs> he might have been. Yeah, you're right. I think he only had that one pretty good game. That's a good point. Uh, people are talking about his injury stuff. I will like to know Kyle Yates pointed this out that Joe Mixon has actually played more games since Dalvin cook, since they both got drafted in 2017. So that's kind of interesting note there. Uh, Geo's gone. P. Ryan's the only true competition, it seems, at this moment. So where do you have Joe Mixon, who right now I believe is RB12? Where do you have Joe Mixon at right now, Frank? Well, I love me some Joe Mixon. He, I think he's going to be a top 10 running back, and I'll tell you why. So I think the Bengals are going to lean on him more, like I was saying, just because Burrow coming off the torn ACL. Secondly, if we look back at last year, before he got injured, in, in his last 11 quarters, I say quarters because he left uh, the indie game early against the Colts, he had 81 touches in 11 quarters. He had 67 carries and 14 receptions during that stretch. He was already starting to be getting monster usage, and we were deprived of what would have been probably a, a really strong season because of that injury. Now, if we look at what they're saying uh, in, in the media, so – there's a the Bengals beat writer for the Athletic. His name's Paul Denner Jr. You can follow him at Paul D E H N E R J R on Twitter. He said basically, I'll paraphrase his quote that you could add on basically an extra 15 to 20 catches to his previous totals because Jill Bernard is gone, and he thinks that Joel Mixon's going to see 80 an 80 percent snap rate which could mean monster numbers because that's just a huge amount of volume. And he the he cited that in the last four years, only five running backs had an eight, greater than 80% snap rate. Zeke twice, McCaffrey twice, Bark, Saquon Barkley once, Fournette once, and Le'Veon Bell once. So if he's getting that kind of usage, it's going to be a monster year for Mixon. You look at the whole line I know there's concerns, but they added Riley Reef, a veteran tackle. They drafted a guard named Jackson Carmen in the second round, and 
they used another pick, their fourth rounder on a tackle named Deontay Smith. So you could see the O-line improve at least a bit. But going back to what Herm was saying about volume, like if Mixon's getting that volume, it doesn't even matter too much if the O-line is, isn't as well, isn't great, right? So. He's going to need that volume because if you take out his 151-yard game, he was averaging three yards a carry, 2.46 right. yards a carry, 2.88 2.8 it's it, he was getting a ton of volume but he literally was doing nothing with it he only had one but foot he went but <laughs> I'll, I'll i'll to say to my rebuttal to that is that he wasn't getting the same volume as what he will in this new context because jill bernard hey i i had mixon on a team one of my big home leagues uh, i was so frustrated with how they would just take him off the field and put jill bernard in pass catching situations that's not going to happen this year he's gone he's in tampa Mixon, hey, if you look at his uh, – even the year before, I believe it was in 2019, if you look at his points per game, he was still in the top 15 running backs. So I think I think he's just set up for a monster year, especially with the way that Burrow's coming off the torn ACL. And they lean he- on heavy usage on an injury-prone guy. What could go wrong, you know? Well, yeah, it's possible. <laughs> we'll, we'll I like the see. points. I, so, Frank, you're all in. You think Joe Mixon's going to be doing this. Through all the defenses next year. Yeah. And we got to remember, he's still young. He's what? He's like 25, 24, 25. He came in the league early. I'm I'm high on Mixon. I'm not giving up on him yet. All right. I like it. I like it. Let's. I'll just talk really quick about the Ravens backfields. Two main guys, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards. J.K. Dobbins was RB24 in PPR last year. I think everybody loves Dobbins as a player. And if one of you guys feel insanely different, you can definitely speak up. But he's essentially splitting with a guy that has a career over five yards per carry average in Gus Edward and the best runner in the game potentially in Lamar Jackson. Probably, I mean, you know, Lamar Jackson's going to get carries and he's going at RB15 right now. It's a little rich for me. Gus is RB40. I kind of like that a little bit more for that value. And he also, Gus got a contract extension. So, you know, he's going to get the ball. Uh, I'll take J.K. Dobbins if he falls, but he's also not exactly the best pass-catching running back as of right now, and I know he's been getting more looks this offseason, but I'm still not convinced that he's going to be getting the volume that you're going to need to take him at. So, again, if you guys are J.K. Dobbins truthers, the floor is yours, but if we all feel the same, you want to talk about some wide receivers and tight ends? Well, for me, I, I do like J.K. Dobbins a lot. I think he's just a special runner. Like his, yeah. He jumped off the film the way he looked. I know they like Gus Edwards, but I'm I'm – I believe that they're they're telling the truth when they're saying they're going to use Dobbins more in the passing game. I think he's one of the few running backs. I, I tweeted out a few uh, weeks ago. I, I'm trying to pull it up. But basically, out of running backs who had at least 150 carries in the last few years, he, he was one of the few to average six per, yards per carry. And it was like a really impressive list on that. It had like uh, CJ um, – it had like uh, – I'm trying to pull it up. You're going to say CJ Spiller. No, I knew it. I, was, I, you it. Hey, I got Spiller. it. I got it. Okay, hold on. I got it. I got it. Since 1995, there have been six running backs who averaged six yards per carry on at least 100 carries. Jamal Charles, Barry Sanders, Alvin Kamara, Adrian Peterson, and yeah, CJ Spiller. That's yeah, why I said CJ Spiller. Yeah. Got so I know you're right. It's 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 a risk because he's he's still Gus Edwards is going to see a ton of usage. But we could be looking at a real special running back here. So I'm willing to roll the dice, depending on your team, Bill. Like if you 
if you took a, in the first round a more safe pick in your first two rounds, maybe you roll the dice on the Dobbins. But I do see your concerns for sure. Justice Hill, I don't know what happened. To, I mean, Justice Hill still is on the roster, but God, he's, I don't know. He must be on good on special teams because he does not sniff the field. I was so high on him as like <laughs> a, like a sleeper dude, like coming into the league because like I just really liked uh, the tape out of like Oklahoma State. But yeah. then I remembered that like a lot of running backs at Oklahoma State don't really end up doing the thing. But I don't know. I'm still a believer. And also, it's really fun to just be like, yeah, and I will die on that Justice Hill because it's just a fun joke. <laughs> to make. Like, any, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just anytime you can turn a name into a pun. You know, I'm all for it. So for that, that reason and, uh, alone. That was me and Jeremy Hill back when uh, Jeremy Hill was a thing. Um, <laughs> but uh, let's talk about, let's let's get these real quick in here. Let's talk about the pass catcher. So Frank, I know if I'm drafting with you, I'll, I'll let you have J.K. Dobbins at that price if we're in the same draft room. I do, I do right. like his ability as a runner as well. I don't disagree with that. Uh, but let's talk about pass catchers. Go back to the Steelers. Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, Juju Smith-Schuster, Eric Ebron, and James Washington are the five relevant players on this squad. So I'm going to ask you, Herms, is Ebron a sleeper tight end? Is he worth looking at? And then Deontay's going as wide receiver 27. Chase Claypool is wide receiver 28. And Juju is wide receiver 25, according to consensus ADP for fantasy pros. How do you value these guys? All right. Well, uh, as far as Ebron goes, uh, no. Don't, uh, it's like, like, sure. Yeah. Like rookie tight ends don't do a whole lot right away, but at the same time, like they drafted Pat prior and he's a better blocker than Eric Ebron. So by virtue of that, I don't know. He'll probably be the field for that because they'll need him on the line. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, you know, Ebron's going to see the field less just by virtue of that. So like, I don't know. It's, I mean, it's one of those things, I guess it's like, you know, and what I was saying about Big Ben kind of applies, where it's just like if you need a bye week fill in and it happens to be a matchup where the Steelers are going up against a team that, you know, really struggles against, you know, like tight ends in the end zone or something like, I don't know, give it a shot. But like other than that, I'm good. But um, as far as the wide receiver goes, I mean, oh, I do have something pulled up. So uh, I saw uh, Ian Harditz tweeted this yesterday. Uh, most drops since 2019, including the playoffs per PFF, uh, DK Metcalf, 20, Michael Gallup, 20, Deontay Johnson, 18, Tyreek Hill, 18, Stefan Diggs, 17, Mike Evans, 16. It's weird. Cause we really only hear about the drops for one of them. So, <laughs> I mean, let's, I mean, like, come on, if you see that much work coming your way in the passing game, like, you're sure you're going to be a little more likely to drop the ball sometimes. It's not really that big of a deal in my mind. And, you know, being a Steelers fan, watching some of the games last year, I mean, like, I'm sure that there are some drops that, you know, he was like credited with dropping the ball that were just such awful passes <laughs> coming from Ben <laughs> Roethlisberger. I, I'm amazed that. <laughs> sometimes not even just him, but like anybody on the team, I'm amazed that they caught some of those passes because they were just truly, truly horrible passes. It was very, very ugly. So like, come on, the guy who's going to get the most volume and the most targets in the passing game is going to be Deontay Johnson. He's by far and away the number one for me. And then after that, Juju Smith-Schuster. Yes. I mean, they all come like half a foot 
you know, ahead of the offensive line in terms of, you know, target, like distance of target. But at the same time, you know, they, they pump it to him, man. You know, just that's how it works. I don't make the rules. You know, like Claypool, if we really look at last year, was helped a lot by that four touchdown game. Because remember, he did that thing where he like, you know, held up the four fingers or whatever. You know, like yeah. I have it on I have it on a T-shirt. It's super cool. But like, yeah, like that and like a couple weird like end around like goal line scores and stuff like you know he what he got helped out a lot by like, those couple things he really did a lot better whenever like juju missed a little bit of time or something or like deontay johnson got pulled out of the game because he dropped the ball too many times but <laughs> you know like i don't know unless i hear from the beat reporters that cover the team like hey matt canada is going to try and get chase claypool a little more involved He's third in the pecking order. That's just how it works. And, like, is he obscenely talented? Yes, of course, Chase Claypool is obscenely talented, but that doesn't change the facts. Look back at the targets. Like, it's it's public information. You could Google it. Like, you know, just, yeah, it, Deontay Johnson, Chase, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, and then Chase Claypool. Until we hear any different, that's how I'm that, – that's the order in which I would take them. You know, if you're looking for like the huge upside, then like, yeah, sure, Claypool can make the huge play downfield. But like, do we really see Ben Roethlisberger throwing bombs like he used to? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> so, and it goes back to what we were saying before about you know the fact that you know Ben's not really lobbing it that much anymore. He's doing a lot in just the short area passing game, and that benefits the other two more than Claypool. So just, I don't know, like. I guess if you're more of a dynasty player, like, yeah, Claypool to the moon. But, you know, I, <laughs> I would, I'd, be, I'd be patient for 2021 at the very least. Well, good thing 2021's this year. So be... Oh, for, yeah, <laughs> what? I thought I said something that made sense. Whatever. Either way. just yeah. that, no, also, <laughs> And you also uh, said James Washington. Uh, just Okay. Yeah. We'll ask we'll James Washington. We're good. Uh, <laughs> We're good. We would uh, we would we would need some injuries for that to be a thing. So just, John, I'll ask you real quick for Cleveland because I, I know they have Odell, Jarvis Landry, Rashard Higgins, Austin Hooper, David Njoku, Harrison Bryan, and they drafted Anthony Schwartz. I just want to ask you about Odell real quick. He's wide receiver 23 uh right now. Only had one game in which his six healthy last scene where he was a top 20 wide receiver. He's 29 years old. Do you want to draft Odell at that price? No, this is sort of the end of the road for him. I it, I think if you really take off, you know, his name and, and who he is, he would not even be on people's radar at this point. All right, fair enough. I want to get through these last two real quick here. Frank, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. There's Auden Tate, Taylor Sample, obviously there, there or Drew Sample that are going to get some looks. But I just want to talk about the top three guys. My first question and uh, just kind of a – Quickish answer, if you can. Can the offense support all three? And where do you like where they're going? Because Chase is going wide receiver 24, Higgins wide receiver 25, and Tyler Boyd wide receiver 38. I think that that Burl could support them and they could be wide receiver two or threes, but I don't think it'll if, if one of them goes off as a wide receiver one, then the others, he won't be able to support like three wide receiver one or twos just because like what I was saying, that I think they won't pass as much with them coming off a torn ACL. As for Price, I like Higgins the best just because 
Hey, as a 21-year-old rookie receiver, he put up 900-plus yards. The only receivers to do that since 2000 as a rookie, Justin Jefferson, Amari Cooper, Mike Evans, Keenan Allen, CeeDee Lamb, Juju, and Sammy Watkins. That's some pretty good company. He was a stud. I don't. Th- there's I always a there's always a, like a, a guy right at the end, CJ Spiller. Then yeah, I know. <laughs> I, know. It <laughs> I know. I know. But um, I love Chase as a player. But you know, it's a rookie receiver. I know he's generational. But look what Calvin Johnson did his rookie year: 756 yards, four touchdowns. It's possible that you know it takes him some time to get going. So I don't think Chase should be going ahead of Higgins. I'd prefer taking Higgins. And reports out of camp saying he looks more explosive. I think he'll be the most valuable Bengals receiver. And then quick, very quickly, Tyler Boyd. He's a low vo- uh, low average depth of target slot receiver. I think he'll still get his catches. You know, they got to get the ball out of Burrow's hands quickly. So he'll still have some value. But as for Chase, I won't be drafting him just because he's going way too high. Like Even in underdog best ball league, he's going wide receiver 20. That's just crazy to me. I'd rather go with Higgins. And for the tight ends, obviously totally out. All right. So you are out on Jamar Chase. A lot of people are going to be hating you for that. But I I mean, you make good points. I mean, T. Higgins, again, is undervalued. And being able to snag him uh, where people are kind of looking at the new shiny toy, I think, is definitely a good way to go. Real, uh, real quick, the Ravens, Hollywood Brown, Sammy Watkins, Rashad Bateman, Mark Andrews, Tylen Wallace, Devin Duvernay make up, make up the group there. Mark Andrews I have is going down a lot more this year with the more passing options. And I think he's been very touchdown dependent. I don't see him finishing in the top five in terms of tight ends. Watkins could be a sleeper, but he's going to miss half the season with injury. So I wouldn't necessarily look into it with that regard. And uh, Bateman or Tylen Wallace, obviously Bateman's the favorite. They, I expect them to uh, be, I wouldn't say be extremely fantasy relevant, but I do expect them to be more NFL relevant. Hollywood Brown did look like he come on, he came on at the end of last season. Keep an eye on that as a target later on uh, in your drafts because he's not someone talked about too much, I feel like, in most drafts. I kind of see – I don't think I've seen him talked about on any shows or anything like that too much. So uh, that's the Ravens' pass-catching group. Let's move to the latter part of the show here, and we're going to start that off with the question of the week. All right, our question of the week is sponsored by Monkey Knife Fight. Triple Play Fantasy is now an official affiliate to Monkey Night Fight, the fastest growing sports betting site in the United States. Use promo, uh, promo code Triple Play and get up to $50 of your deposit matched when you become a new user and you use our code. And if you're looking to win some cash, make sure you follow the Monkey Night Fight shows each weekend. Brad and Eric run those to give you a 10 or 15 minute look of the gaming landscape with their locks so you can win some cold hard cash. All right, John, you didn't tell me what the question of the week was, so I can't advertise it. What was our question of the week this week? So from a purely viewing perspective, would you rather your team have a top offense and a bottom defense or a vice versa, have a great defense, but they cannot score the ball? Oh, okay. So Herms, you're up first. Well, I mean, you don't really have to worry about scoring too much if the other team isn't. So, I mean... Well, then again, I mean, well, being a Steelers fan, obviously, I care a lot about defense being good. So, I mean, like, that's just it's it's the style of football I'm accustomed to rooting for. I mean, I'm a huge fan of just like, I don't know, really good defenses in general. So, just yeah, go defense. Defense is cool. It is play IDP if you haven't tried it before. Just do it. It's fun. Uh, okay, that's fair enough. I like it. Uh, Frank, what about you? Frank, uh, for me, definitely a good offense. You know, I'm a Washington fan. I had for years they had a 
real bad offense, especially in the Mike Shanahan early years when they were rebuilding. I mean, I, I know I went one game. They came to Toronto against the Bills, and it was that Beck starting, and like oh, they lost sixteen to nothing. It was so ugly. Like it's just so brutal to watch when your offense is horrible, even if your defense is good. You have mm-hmm. your quarterback mail air mailing throws. It's three and L punt, punt, punt. It's boring. So I'd rather have the uh, really good offense that just gives up a lot of points, especially. Hey, in the modern day NFL, you could you could actually be uh, contending uh, in that kind of situation. You won't if your offense is horrible these days. So, plus, you know, with fantasy football, you're more likely to have a player that you on your own team that you'll like to draft. This is more enjoyable for me to have that stacked offense for sure. I I have to agree with Frank on this one, uh, and I, I don't play in any IDP league, so I might feel more like Herms if I played in IDP. So I get that, uh, but. Definitely, I, I think it makes it a lot more enjoyable in today's NFL to have offensive, better teams and defense being like, all right, if you guys can just get one stop, we can win. And you're just like, you don't have to be good <laughs> just, or be great, just be good. Uh, John, do you have an answer for your question for how you feel about it? So I I would, uh, my first reaction would be to lean offense, but then I watched the Raiders this year and it was so annoying to watch them blow like sub two minute leads, you know, if, like for four games. It's just... Like, oh, like Derek Carr somehow managed to throw like a, a game winner with a minute and a half left. But it doesn't matter because a minute and a half is too much time. So <laughs> it, I think that's almost more demoralizing because you get so excited. You think you won the game and then any amount of time is too much. All right. Well, it's a good way to close that out. Let's finish out the last segment of the night. And that's going to be our game of the week. Two thousand years later. All right. Game of the week is also hosted by John. It's a, a Johnny Foosball favorite. I know what we're playing, but why don't you tell the audience and our guests what we're playing? So uh, coaches are modern day philosophers. So I have assorted quotes that were said either by a head football coach or by a philosopher in ancient times. You have to guess which is which. You keep track of your own score. I am not your mother. I do not do it for you. <laughs> we'll just sort of do a round robin. All right. How many do we have? We have five. I, I was starting to do five. Ten got to All be right. a lot. Okay, five is five is good. So am I starting this? Yeah, you'll start. Okay. And uh, we'll start it off with uh, everything we hear in his opinion, not a fact. Everything we see is a perspective, not the truth. David. I'm going to say that's a philosopher and it's Socrates. Herms. Uh... That that sounds like a philosophizer, so I'm gonna go with that. Same. I'm, I'm going oh, with yeah. philosopher. And if you you guess the philosopher, you get an extra point. But oh, yeah, if you guess the, the coach or the uh, Plato. Plato. Yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> and I didn't give it away because you all said philosopher. It is a philosopher. It's Marcus Aurelius. So, over on that. But everybody's got. Oh, we got a. And we anytime uh, guests join the game, they get to play too. We have one person on the board with the philosopher as well. So, all right. The uh, next one is to live in the past is to die in the present. Herms. Oh, ah, that feels that. I think that was a head coach. I don't know who, so I'm just gonna say. Tom Cable. <laughs> I like that poll. I think Frank's Sir. up. 
Oh, sorry. Okay, so I'm gonna say coach. Maybe they said it like saying to move off from move on from a loss. So I'm gonna say coach. Let's say John Gruden. You guys are picking Johnny's coaches, which is actually smart. Uh, I'll go philosopher, and I will go Aristotle. That is probably not a Bill Belichick original, but that is how he phrased it. That is a Bill Belichick quote. Oh, oh you guys all got the coach. All right. The uh, next it. one is, I learned a long time ago, what makes a man different is what makes him great. Frankie? Uh, I'm I'm going to go with the coach. I'm going to say Mike Tomlin. David? It's not wacky enough for Mike Tomlin, I feel like. I feel like he talks about Red Barnes or whatever he does. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say it's a coach, and I'm going to say it's Pete Carroll. <laughs> Ooh, okay. I'm going to hedge my bet a little bit and go with philosopher. And I'm going to guess... Oh man, I only know like three philosophers. <laughs> like I've been, expand I your mind. That's what the game's for. The great philosopher uh, John Stewart. Sure, we'll just, we'll go with that. This is uh, this is John Gruden. So that that's going to be oh, you're just off yeah. one. Oh, oh yeah, somebody almost had him. I got a little nervous. Okay. Do I get yeah, next... do I get the first name being the same? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, it's, you know, like, oh, they're actually spelled the same too. So yeah, just like a quarter <laughs> yeah, of a yeah. point, you know. <laughs> the uh, second to last one, the penultimate, is from caring comes courage, and we're back to David to start. Karen comes courage. It's definitely a philosopher, and I'll go back to the Aristotle. Well. Uh, I. Philosopher, and uh, it, uh, now that uh, I was going to say Pythagoras, but that was the triangle guy, mathematician. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, well, math is philosophical in a way. Uh, uh, I uh, no, Homer was a poet. Right, because he did the Iliad and the Odyssey. No, oh, I don't well, know. You know a lot more than I do. Yeah. It took me like ten times doing this game. Yeah, I, 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 full full disclosure, I've had Mark Twain on here before, but <laughs> I mean, he's modern day philosopher. Exactly. Yeah. So you know, it just it, it shout out Mark Twain. I'm just gonna say it was Mark Twain. So yeah, there we go. That's <laughs> that's the full I, answer. I'll say philosopher Socrates. Uh, going that with is a... philosopher Lao Tzu. There's always one. Oh, that's right. There is always a loud zoo one in there. I forget that. I, I didn't do it last just because I thought you might steal it then. And the last one, um, actually, just go around and say how many points you have. I think everybody's at like four. I have two, actually. I got four. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I think I think Hearns has three. Yeah. Yeah, two or three. David's yeah. at two. Yeah, okay. All right, last one. The last one, even while they teach, men learn. That's to be a coach i'll say you know what i'm gonna say it's a coach and i'm gonna say it's friend of the program uh what's his name uh hugh jackson must not be that much of a friend of the program then i forgot his name <laughs> but uh, not his tequila brand yeah that's true now i'm gonna go coach and i'm gonna say jim zorn because why not <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say Coach uh, Mike Singletary. 
Well, I'm happy to announce that I stopped Frankie from getting a clean sweep. Uh, that is Seneca the Younger. Oh, Seneca Not the Older. Young. Seneca the Younger. I, mean, I don't think you've ever <laughs> used that one before. Okay. <laughs> but Frank, you are right. our winner. I absolutely right. could an absolute dud in that game. <laughs> so the Frank, best nice part job. is seeing David lose. Yeah, you're taking Eric's place of, of pooping on me if I lose a game. So. Nice job with that. <laughs> Want to get you guys out of here. Herms and Frank, thanks so much for coming on the show. It was an absolute blast being able to have both you on. You guys are both great football minds, but obviously great people too. Uh, Herms, for you first. Want to plug any of the work you're doing or any of the uh, stuff you got going on? Oh, yeah. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at HermsNFL. You can find my work with The Lateral at The Lateral FF, or you can find our website, www.thelateralff.com. We have a YouTube channel, which you can find by going to the website and other stuff. I don't know. If you look hard enough, you'll find it. And then uh, I'm recording a podcast tonight uh, with some friends about uh, kind of like previewing the Scott Fishbowl scoring, because I know it's like a little confusing for people like me. So it's just as much for me as it is for the audience learning along with some you know people smarter than me being like hey we're gonna break down some things that might be useful so just be on the lookout for that uh we have i've got another episode to edit about tight ends which is fun and then uh you can catch me on uh rum boys after dark every friday with the rum boys fantasy network and if you don't know the rum boys already then i don't know what to tell you (laughs) (laughs) i love the man is everywhere frank what about yourself you can find me at Twitter at FMRante TFJ. You know, I'm always looking to talk football, love talking baseball, debating with any of my followers, or even if you don't follow me, I don't care. I love to discuss. Uh, you can find my work at Rotoballer at the game day and at 444 football, where I'll write some baseball and football for game day and Rotoballer, as well as just football for 444 football. And I started a podcast with a friend at the Fantasy Jones, where we focus on fantasy football, mostly redraft. So you can find me in each of those places. I'd love to engage with any of you. Go with great guys. I can speak firsthand now that I've gotten to talk to them. So I love these guys. Make sure you follow them if you're not already. Next week, we'll be joined by Jake Seeley from The Athletic, diving in the AFC South for what is sure to be a fun show. Until then, everyone be safe out there. Go draft the best ball. And we're going to make like a bread truck and haul these buns.